0: You're listening to Beyond the Jargon, a jargon-free look at graduate students and their research journey here at UVic. I'm Colleen, and I'll be your host today. I'm so excited today to have as my guest Kate Markham, who is a master's student in anthropology. Welcome, Kate.
1: Hi, thank you.
0: And I'm going to let Kate tell us what her... specific interest is and then we're going to back away from that I'm going to find out a little bit about how she got here and then we're going to kind of circle back around to to uh, what she's doing because it's it's fascinating to me what she's studying and where we are and how that came to be so Kate tell us what your your specific interest is
1: well, I study uh, primatology, actually. So I study primates—monkeys, apes, gorillas, lemurs—all of all of those are primates. Excellent. Um, and I'm in my—I just completed my first year as a master's student in anthropology. My focus, my research interest, is really on feeding ecology and why primates eat what they eat, um, how it affects their social life, how it affects their brain, how it how it influences them. I'm really interested in food. I okay. Interesting. Okay. So it's
0: really, really specific interest. And a lot of times when people enter a masters, they have a little more general interest and they're trying, but you're coming in with what seems pretty specific. Um, so, all right. That's what makes me interested in the fact that for those of you listening who are, might not be aware that we are actually on an island in the Pacific Northwest. I'm curious as to where you came from, and I guess I just did not think of Pacific Northwest as a place where people studied monkeys. So which doesn't mean you can't, but I just was caught by surprise. So if you could let me know where you came from here, and
1: well, I did my undergraduate degree at George Washington University in washington, d c. They do have primates there. they have there's a zoo, so they have captive primates, yes, but because I do, feeding ecology I am more interested in uh, wild studies so studies that actually take place where primates naturally live and in a lot of those cases you work with an advisor who does live in the states or Canada or Europe or even Australia Um, there's some primatologists in Australia and then you go and you travel to Africa or South America or wherever during the summer or during your field season and that's how you study primates in a place where there are no primates.
0: Okay, interesting. Okay, so you are originally from where? Massachusetts. Okay, so you are a long way from home. You're from the other side of the continent. And were you from a big town? I mean, well, were you around Boston? or?
1: I'm about an hour from Boston, or I, I was, I guess, an hour from Boston. So I would say not a tiny town, but definitely not a big town because
0: that moving up sense. deciding to go to Georgetown University DC's isn't give a, me too much credit. Th- <laughs> yeah, that's her Washington that's a that's a big city. So, um, what did you find when, you know, what were the, like you've traveled from you're from very trees beautiful Massachusetts and now you're in I mean Maryland is beautiful, but it's also there's a lot of congestion. It's a big city. Yeah, what did you think of that?
1: I actually, I loved it. I really loved doing my undergraduate degree in a city because it was so accessible. You could get to the museums really easily. You could get to the zoo really easily. You just had everything at your fingertips. And it was it was really nice. It was very convenient. That's not to say I didn't miss the trees. I most definitely <laughs> yes, definitely Because it's so did. beautiful. I
0: used to live yeah. out in the, near in the New England area and it's definitely gorgeous out there. Yeah, trees, trees, gorgeous. trees. Yeah. But I didn't see any monkeys. No, so when no you monkeys. were did the monkey thing happen when you were a kid or did it happen when you got to DC?
1: It happened when I was in DC. I okay. was one of those students that really had kind of had no idea what I wanted to do. I knew that I wanted to graduate with my bachelor's and be able to use it. I knew that I I didn't want to just, oh, you know, get a degree in liberal arts and figure it out later. So I... Changed my major 10,000 times, and at one point I needed... <laughs> Which is
0: so good for people to hear because... <laughs> it is. It's... You feel like you're the only one, and you find out that's usually what most people oh, do. Yeah,
1: for sure. I highly recommend it. If you don't like what you're doing, life is short. Try something else. And actually,
0: <laughs> I admire it because if you think about it, if if you enter a program, let's say, in the, in, you go right from high school, and you have the opportunity to go to college right away. You're around 18 years old, and if you know exactly in your heart of hearts the one thing that you want to do, um, you know, that good for you. And that's great. Yeah. But yes. if you try something at 18 and feel that you now have to do it, part of going to university is that you're exposed to things you've never been exposed to before. Very so true. my hope would be that it would expand your imagination. And now you've got new ideas on what you could do. Yes. So okay, so now you're you're in your program. And what made you what was the moment that you said? "All right, monkeys." monkeys are it.
1: I needed to fill a class, I needed to take a science class, and I took Introduction to Biological Anthropology, and absolutely loved it. But that was everything about humans. That was, you know, human variation, primates, fossils, all that jazz. And so I switched my major to bio- bio-anth, and then I kind of took, you know, I took some human classes, and I took some primate classes. And I, it was Introduction to Primatology, and I, I just, I soaked up every word. I love doing the reading. I love doing the homework. And it just came really easily to me. So it just I clicked. I found it so interesting that it was, it wasn't a hassle to study per se or to memorize. Like it nice. just, it was fun for me. It was not nice. work. And that's when I knew, okay, this is it. I could do this for the rest of my life. Easily. See, that's, I love that. I love the idea that it was
0: what it was so not planned for you to find what you click with and you took it in what was just some sort of oh I have to take a right. course yeah. kind of thing and all of a sudden oh see that's brilliant okay so now you've decided this and you've finished your degree now where you are currently quite a long ways away from Washington DC what made you make the choice to come out here
1: Well when you do any sort of graduate work you don't necessarily look for a school you look for who your advisor is going to be and I found Lisa Gould and she works with lemurs in Madagascar she's done it for ages now possibly longer than I've been alive no maybe not but she's done it for a very long time and she's really good at it and she is also interested in feeding ecology so our our interest clicked really well. I heard good things about her from other people, which is always important. Yes. And I figured, you know, why I'm young. I'm not married. I don't have anything tying me down to one place. I've never really lived. I've never been to the West Coast. so I know. I, I was the
0: same way. I was I, the same way. I'm like, yeah. I, it was to the point where you say,
1: you know, why not? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> why not? It's like, you know what? I'm going to go. I'm. It's going to be something new. It's going to be different. And...
0: Oh, great. Here I am. Okay, so, and how long have you been here?
1: I have been here just under a year. I came at the end of August last year.
0: Okay, so you've had a chance to experience the um, the total different type of seasons oh, that yes. you, were, you were used to, uh, <laughs> which is really interesting. I mean, it's they're all beautiful in their own way, but it's just, it, it was so interesting to me that, that I hadn't been in a, in a place through an entire year that had more like two seasons instead of four really volatile, distinct ones. And so that was kind of interesting to me. But I liked it, but it was just a, a shift. I found myself often not knowing what month it was.
1: Oh, I know. <laughs> it's, so, it's just kind of rainy for a really long time. It's been I have to say, I it's it's different because for me, it's, it's yes, I go to the jungle and I've definitely had tons of rain, but here it's a cold rain, and yeah. so it's I, I'm not, I'm not really a fan, not gonna lie. It's, it, I haven't gotten used to it yet, that's for sure. I just yeah. get really cold with the dampness. You have to,
0: I'm and like. they're always telling you, we layer, layer, yes. you need to layer here. Yes. And they are, it's so true. I've now gotten used to the layering, it makes all the difference in the world, but it's great.
1: I think okay. I figured that out towards like the very end yes. of the rainy season. <laughs> I finally started getting better at it where I was like, all right, just put 10 million things on and grab an umbrella and you're good. But
0: it, I will say it is kind of nice to not have like six months worth of, you know, Really long winters where you've had to wear a full down coat. And I it's mean, true. you can't step outside without completely bundling. So uh, that it sometimes, I mean, I love snow, but you also like it to be over. And yes. sometimes it <laughs> takes a long time. It's very so. true. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> okay. So. Now, you're in your current studies, you've been here for a year, and this is 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 this this is about the time in, in a master's where people start doing less in-classroom coursework and more out-in-the-field work. Is that the case for you?
1: It is the case for me. i am done all my courses, um, which is super exciting because now I just get to focus on the research part of it, which mm-hmm. is really why we're all here. And I will be going to Madagascar and collecting my data because... Like you said there's no there's there's no primates here nothing yes. for me to study at the end of the summer so I'll I'll be heading to Madagascar basically the last couple of days of July okay there for 3 months to collect data
0: Okay it seems like every place you're going now is you keep expanding how far you're going to go <laughs> and so now we're <laughs> yeah, going so around <laughs> the halfway around the world now what's happening in Madagascar why would you go to Madagascar
1: Madagascar is super interesting at least in my opinion because It's so diverse. It's a very, very large island. We don't really think of it, but it is quite large. It's larger than uh, Vancouver Island. And it has a lot of diverse habitats. It has really wet areas and really dry areas. It's coastal. It's an island. There's the coast. There's also mountains. So it's very unique. But you have these primate species that live in multiple, multiple areas, multiple little habitats, per se. And I find that very interesting because... Obviously, where you are, if you're a primate, is going to affect what you eat.
0: Right. So, All right. Now, could what will you find there? What does one find in Madagascar as far as the classification of monkeys? Or, And, and could you also explain the correct definition of monkeys? Because I know I have, I just, like I said, everything gets classified as a monkey because I think of a stuffed animal, not right. on what's truly a monkey versus what's an ape or...
1: Okay. Well, the easiest way to distinguish ape and monkey is a- apes are gorillas, chimps, orangutans and uh, gibbons and none of those have a tail. Okay. Generally no bigger,
0: tails means you're an ape.
1: Yep, okay. Generally speaking. And then pretty much what you think of as a monkey, if it has a tail, it probably is a monkey with the exception of this group of they're they're called pre-monkeys really. They're they they evolved earlier and those would those include the lemurs of Madagascar and that's what's interesting about Madagascar is because lemurs are only found on this island Uh, Ah. nowhere they're not in Africa they're not anywhere else uh in the world and so the lemur is
0: thought of as a monkey but in technically speaking it's a pre-monkey
1: technically it is not a monkey, correct? Okay, interesting.
0: But it's good to use, well, yeah, because no one would understand it. If you just threw out, they'd be like, (laughs) what are you talking about?
1: No, they're, I mean, people know lemurs, so I can say they study lemurs, but they're, it's, um, they're either considered a prosimian or a strepsirhine, and, uh, they're not technically a monkey, but it's okay. I, I understand it's a confusing topic, so. Well, yeah, it is, because, The reason I would say for me
0: it's confusing is because of the image that is presented in the movies, TVs, and especially for children. Right. And, And then you hear, so you've got that innocence image, this playful, we connect with them in a way, but usually it's presented that they're doing something very human, even dressed like humans. Yes. And then you get, as an adult, you're aware of these. You'll hear some horror story, news story of somebody who's kept something in their house and it's eaten their face. And then you're like, I, I it's a, it's, I don't know what to think. What's real? What's not? What's sensationalized? Um, what are your thoughts on that? When you're, and you mean as you're, as you're looking at the a lemur, you know, you're not going to be hanging out with humans all the time, you really are observing just the animals themselves. So,
1: It's, I mean, primates are adorable. They're definitely cute. I think they're adorable. I have no problem with that, with people thinking that. But what I think a lot of people, or some people rather, tend to forget is that they are wild. They have social systems. They have needs. They have activities they do during the day. They run, they jump, they groom each other. They're not... A domestic cat they're not a domestic dog they especially apes I mean apes are very very intelligent they're gonna get bored easily they need to be Mm. in groups and they're incredibly strong so you have these primates that it's I mean there's kind of two sides of it on the one hand they can be dangerous and no you should not have them as a pet but on the other hand they're not I mean all that aggressive behavior and all that negative attention they receive is those are always instances where something is off, where the primate's out of his environment or, you know. They just, were put in a no-win exactly, scenario based exactly. on what they are and so then as an they animal. Look, you know, then they look terrifying and evil. And it's, yes. It's funny because everybody asks me, oh, what do you think is like the kindest primate? And I always say a gorilla because it's true. I, I worked with them at the National Zoo in D.C. and they're just the sweetest, nicest animals oh my gosh and they're so huge i know and they're huge and people are always shocked because of you know king kong and all that jazz and it's they just get sensationalized in a way that isn't accurate and you you have to realize that all these primates they have you know they are evolved for a habitat in the wild they're evolved for a social system they have personalities like us they um you, you know they have moods potentially especially if we're talking higher primates um and it's so it's a bit a bit of a, a middle ground needs to be reached. No, you sh- you definitely should not be having them as a prime uh, as a pet, but you also don't uh, how to put it. You I don't know. You should you should respect that they are yes cute but also wild, wild and and, well, and interesting not, animals. Well
0: and they're not meant to be human.
1: Right. Exactly. Very, very, very true. They're right. Not. Which is
0: even though one, one can dress them up as human, oh, gosh, they're, yes. they're, they're not human or no. else they would be human. Right.
1: Kind exactly. Kind of thing is they're
0: right. Yeah. So it's really interesting to me. Um, and so it makes me wonder, well, a couple of things I want to, I do want to talk about when you say you worked with the animals, in what capacity did you work with animals before? Because it, it sounds like, oh, when you're studying in school, you're studying all in books when you're doing a, a bachelor's degree, an right. undergraduate degree. Right. But it sounds like you, did, was this extra work on top of school? Or?
1: This was, I was, so once I got into primates, like I said, I, I knew that I loved it and I wanted to spend the rest of my life doing this. So I found someone in my department who worked at the National Zoo in D.C. because that was one of the great things about being at George Washington was that you in DC and there's the Smithsonian and whatnot so there are a lot of opportunities um, as a student and I volunteered at the zoo and worked as like a research uh, internship assistant for about a year and a half and um, it was great because on the one hand you know you spend a very large portion of your days there cleaning their cages and just you know maintenance type things but you also do get to uh, watch research being done with them. You get to observe them and see their behaviors with enrichment items, and it was it was an incredible experience. I was so happy there, and I really loved it.
0: Were you able to get any sort of credit for that college credit at no, all? No, I nope.
1: did not receive any college credit, but it was one of those things that looked really good on my resume. Yes, and nice, nice. Was it, I grew a lot as a person, and I learned a lot about what I wanted, what I didn't want. Um, for my future so I realized there that I didn't actually want to work with captive animals even though there are benefits to it for sure I realized okay I think I would rather be observing in the wild if that's possible.
0: Did you have a moment where you were able to truly connect with one of the gorillas?
1: I wouldn't say there was one moment where I felt a super connection or anything like that but there were a whole lot of little moments where you know it would just be little things where for example, the zookeeper would say, okay, to, to one of the animals, you know, go get this piece of hay that's preventing the door from being closed, the cage door. And, you know, the gorilla would go do it. And you just, you're amazed at how, how well they understand us and how. interesting. No, they definitely, they don't, they understand body language and whatnot. And, and they're just very smart. And so it was a lot of little moments like that where I would just be amazed at how. I would say how human they are, but in reality, maybe it's more that we're not as
0: unique. Special,
1: yeah. As we <laughs> I mean, they're just—they're very bright animals, and they're—and
0: you have—we have a connection.
1: Yeah, for sure. We—I definitely would say so. I would definitely say we have a connection, one that needs to be maintained from a distance. <laughs> right, but right. I, yeah. It's—it's it's really amazing how how similar we are.
0: Well, it sounds—it sounds to me, it's. To go into the field that you're going into, there are things involved that it's more than just a love of a particular animal. You seem to have an ability to be able to stand back and observe. Yes. Because there is not only a social aspect to the animals that you are looking at, but there's an s- incredible social distinction in your job description from other types of jobs and so that if someone could say oh yes of course I want to you know they saw a documentary on on apes that was an hour long and showed you all these wonderful things that people found and observed and well it, what they don't show you in that hour interview is the 4,000 hours of yep. <laughs> tape somebody went through to yep, edit to get it to true. an hour and the years and so that there. When did you find, when did you notice that that was, I mean, that seems to be, that has to be a skill requirement. Does that make sense, what I'm getting at? Because I don't think everybody could do that.
1: It's, I think, a lot of people, and not just, I mean, the general population, but even anthropology students, students who think they're going to study primates, they don't realize how much of it is, to be frank, boring. I mean, they're not always grooming each other. They're not always doing something super cute. It's a lot of the time they are spending just resting, just resting. Yes. And you are standing there and you are watching them and you can't go do whatever you want to do because you need to have an accurate count of their day. So it can be very boring for some people. And I think I first realized that when I did my first field school. I it was in Costa Rica and I was studying howler monkeys and they are they're, now is this a true monkey, not a pre-monkey? Monkey? Okay, a see, all right, I'm yes. I'm connecting yes. with this description now. <laughs> they are they just eat leaves. They're they live in groups. They're I don't know. They're about the size of a, maybe a house cat, a large house cat. Okay, and they spend a lot of time sleeping. And so you're standing on your feet for hours of the day just watching them sleep. And you know maybe they'll roll over or maybe they'll <laughs> scratch an itch, but it's not always interesting yes there are interesting parts for sure
0: especially when you put all the data together look back and analyze the forest through the trees kind of thing well it makes me wonder too that you just said standing there you know where are you standing not to be not to sound totally ignorant but it's not like you can just stand there and because when does that when does that crisscross into that phenomenon where you're not really observing them in the true <laughs> wild because you're there true, yeah. I mean what is there is there some sort of prescribed distance you need to maintain or how there, does that work?
1: It depends on the primate that you're studying with um, arboreal primates so howlers are really high up in the trees it's not necessarily a distance you have to, to stay away from them but the real the real indication is every every group of primates that's studied goes through what's called a habituation process And what that is, it can take years. It takes years for uh, gorillas, for example, or it could take a few weeks if it's a different animal. It depends on a lot of things. And what is that? It's the process where you don't record any data. You don't, you're not, you're not taking down data about their behavior or whatnot. You're just getting them used to you. Interesting. So you just go out, you find them, you don't chase them down, but you just you know, you stand far away, they know you're there. Maybe the next day you get a little bit closer. If they run from you, you don't follow them. And it takes a lot of patience. Um, and it, the time that you spend doing it can really vary. It, it depends on whether or not these animals have been hunted before or if they've seen humans before. Oh,
0: wow. Right. Of course, so, that makes sense now that you're mm-hmm. saying it. But you don't think about it. You just think, oh, I'm just going to go out there. Right. Well, it makes me think of you know we all like to just go okay let's get away from my desk and go grab some lunch right i would presume you're not supposed to be bringing food on this like if you're going to eat and stuff you do it back at a camp you don't do it there i mean no, how does you, that work well, can you, you
1: you bring food you definitely bring food because the hours are so long you get up don't once. they smell it because it's going to be different food from the, i guess i i'm
0: really thinking now of this idea of Your smell's different than the Mm -hmm, smells in there. Do you have to put some sort of scent on you? All of a sudden, my mind's reeling with, wow, how do you you disguise yourself? How does that work?
1: (laughs) No, see, that's that's all part of the habituation process. So we would say an animal is habituated or a group is habituated once they pretend that we're not there. They are so used to us. They're used to seeing us every day. They know what we look like. They don't alarm call. They don't shake the trees. They don't do anything. They just keep feeding, if they were feeding or sleeping, if they were sleeping or, or whatnot, and they don't react to you. It doesn't matter if you're wearing different clothes um, or...
0: If you move and you you right, step on a exactly. twig, they they're not alarmed.
1: Right, right.
0: Okay, so it, interesting. It takes a
1: while, but then that said, you, because to find primates, once you've found them, once, whenever that happens, whether it's the middle of the day or the end of the day, you're going to follow those primates, that group, until... They go to sleep till they make nests or they pick their sleeping tree, and then you leave and you go back to camp. But then the next morning, you get up before the sun is even up. You go back to that tree before those primates have woken up so that you're there for when they do wake up. And that's how we know where they are. It's not... That's
0: like a really intense immersion. This is not some simple little, let's go out for a couple hours. No, it's
1: usually not. I mean, if you're lucky enough to have a site where they're radio collared, perhaps but that's pretty expensive and pretty rare from what I've heard, um, especially because it's such an intensive process to put the radio collars on them. But otherwise, the the vast majority of us get up really early, bring food, bring water, bring tons of insect repellent. Oh, I was gonna ask about
0: that because I like have this thing, mosquitoes like love me and I'm like totally allergic. And I was just gonna ask you, what's the bug life in uh, (laughs) like in, in Madagascar? I mean, maybe, can you, can you fill us in what Madagascar, where this place is you're going, what's have you had any exposure to it whatsoever? Have you been prepared with how different it's going to be?
1: Uh, hmm, that's a good question. <laughs> um, in terms of shops and whatnot, I'm actually up to date, but in uh, terms fabulous. Good. of. What bugs are there? I honestly, I haven't looked it up because I kind of don't want to know. Um, (laughs) Ignorance is bliss. Ignorance ignorance is bliss. bliss. But I think I actually luck out a little bit because part of where I'm working is a drier area. So there are fewer bugs. But you just, you bring a lot of bug spray. You bring a mosquito net for your bed. You wear long sleeves and long pants so that you're not getting bitten. Things aren't crawling up you type
0: of deal um, so you've had cer- certain exposure to this this isn't your complete no. first time out in the wild no. okay
1: no I definitely you learn a lot of things from field school like I, I know now to always bring um, they're so funny looking, but those mosquito hats, where it's a hat, but the mosquito net is attached to it. Oh,
0: no, I think those things are awesome. Oh, no, I'm right. all about <laughs> avoiding the mosquito. Yeah, exactly,
1: so <laughs> those, you always want to bring one just in case, even though.
0: Are you excited about this? Are you nervous? Can you, I mean, as it's it's getting closer?
1: I'm I'm both, I'm, I'm incredibly excited because I've never been to Madagascar, so it's, I mean, it's going to be amazing. I'm also nervous though. I'm a little nervous about the bugs, not gonna lie. I'm nervous about actually collecting data because I only have three months and it's, you know, it's a 90-day tourist visa. So from when I land to when I leave is 90 days and that's all I've got.
0: So you want to do, make the most of it.
1: Exactly. And I'm a little worried about that, to be honest. Can Um, I ask something
0: and not, I'm trying not to make you scared, but again, I watch... I like have such great respect for nature. I just make sure I give it distance. Like I know that a raccoon can take you out, right? So I'm thinking you're going to a jungle and where there are lemurs and there are plants that, you know, I, I wouldn't be familiar with. I wouldn't know what to touch, what not to touch. Are there bigger animals? Is that a worry?
1: Well, in Madagascar, it's actually a really sad story. Uh, because oh, because they've been arrived... eliminated? Yeah. Exactly. Oh, that is a so sad story. Humans arrived, and there's really nothing big on that island. So, in terms of me getting oh my eaten by a cat, no, it's there aren't any. We've we've killed them all,
0: unfortunately. Not that you would be its natural prey, but uh, you know, there's always right. the instances oh, right. if you sure. scare sure. scare something or make it feel threatened or exactly. whatever. Yeah.
1: No, I mean, that's definitely a concern in other areas, but not. Oh, that is a sad. I mean, hair. it's. I'm glad to hear that it'll be safer, right, but yeah, it's a sad
0: it's a reason. It, yeah, I don't know how to feel about that now. Sorry, I'm almost sorry I brought it up, but I think I need to include it on the interview because that's a really interesting. It's, it's, um,
1: it is it's, point. There used to be a whole bunch of lemurs on uh, Madagascar, but none of the bigger ones are alive anymore. And it's funny when you find them, when you find these remnants. They're not even fossils because it, not enough time has gone by. It's There's that recent, bones, right? And it's. I mean, it's humans. It's that they were hunted. They were food. They were yummy.
0: Interesting. So. Okay, so I could also see where this could lead to further research down the road, but also a path. You never know. You, you clearly have passion. So I could see where, advocacy, animal advocacy, could come into play at some point. Um, uh, I
1: think if any anybody who's working in the field, whether you're you're doing biology or primatology or whatever, at least. I mean, I guess maybe not in all habitats, but I think everyone has to be an advocate as well. I think you have to include conservation in your work. It's just not... its We're not at a place anymore, a time where we cannot be advocates. Even if, I mean, I, I don't plan to go into conservation as a career necessarily. Right. But I, I want... But there's to an awareness there. Oh, right. But yeah. I, exactly. I think everyone has to at least do something. They have to do... Whether it's educating people who are you know, people in Canada, people in the United States, or it's educating people within those countries, or it's you know
0: we, we've evolved. I believe we've have evolved to that right. point. I I don't want to sit and blame. I don't like to sit and blame. Um, I try to think of. I really do believe most people are doing the best they can do, oh, yeah, and, for and sure. for with the best the best that they know how at any time. And I think we've gotten to this point where we can see. Um, through our different technologies, how where impact and in exchange in relationships between animals and humans and plants and humans and have we can create a greater awareness of that. It isn't just purely about how do I survive now to right. the next day. And right. so I think that's a really good thing. and so I, you know, um, you know we're always evolving, and I think yeah. so. Playing, well,
1: playing the blame game doesn't doesn't help anybody. I think it's just a matter of making everyone aware and everyone. We didn't realize doing this was going to happen, but now right, we exactly, yeah now we exactly. know. So let's
0: let's exactly. do something different. Yep. Well, Kate, I am so thrilled. Um, I am a little scared. I, I I could not do what you're doing, but I'm I commend you for doing what you're doing. And I'm hoping, I'm hoping that you'll want to come back and uh, when you're done and. Let us know what you found. I will tell you
1: all about the I'm, I'm, humongous you, bugs and, <laughs> and I'm
0: hope, I'm certain that you're going to be having some pictures and all of that oh, good yes, stuff yes. and well and congratulations on this next adventure thank and you. Uh, thank you so much for coming today.
1: Thanks for having me, Colleen.
0: Again, thank you for listening to Beyond the Jargon on CFUV.